Hello and welcome back, my geeks and my nerds. We are all here today to talk more about Star Wars, but specifically one of my one of my favorite characters, my absolute favorite characters. He's uh, they've been one of my favorite ca characters since the Clone Wars, um, and he's actually from the Clone Wars. Uh, now you might be asking yourself, who is her favorite? Um, Clone Wars character. Is it Ahsoka? You might be asking yourself. Shakti? Bear Sophie? Incorrect, all of you. It is actually. blonde-haired captain himself, Captain Rex, or known by his clone number, CT-7567. He is one of the main triagonists of the Clone Wars. He spends most of his time at war fighting underneath Jedi General Anakin Skywalker um, and Jedi Padawan Commander Ahsoka Tano. Before we get into his long history and background, I just wanted to talk about why he was one of my favorite clone characters. Rex is an amazing person, just simply put. He's an amazing character. He is so insanely brave and courageous and loyal and kind-hearted. We see him fiercely loyal to the Republic and to his Jedi generals. He would lay his da life down fully for his brothers. Speaking of his brothers, we know he is an amazing, loyal brother who would do literally anything for his brothers, even if he knew it would cost him his life. We see this several times throughout the entirety of the Clone Wars, some of which we will be getting into. Okay. Okay. Now that we have heard enough of my gushing about the blonde-headed captain himself, let's get into his story. CT-7567 was created towards the beginning of the war around 32 BBY on Kamino. Like his clone brothers, he was created from the genetic material of Jango Fett, a Mandalorian warrior, bounty hunter, bounty hunter technically. He was an exceptional soldier who got picked for specialized ARC training and was given specialized command training. He got these lessons from Clone Commander Alpha. Alpha. Clone Commander Alpha. Um, Alpha 17 took a lot of what he. Um, during the training for the ARC. During ARC training. Um, Clone Commander Alpha took a lot of the lessons he learned from General Skywalker and actually used them to teach the clones. Now, um, there are several, several reasons for this. General Anakin Skywalker is just crazy. I will eventually do a podcast on him. Um, one thing he learned... Was, uh, he also learned a lot from Obi-Wan Kenobi during this time. Um, during one of the many fights that w took place on Kamino, their home planet. He used this to teach the ARC Troopers. One thing he learned from the ever-compassionate uh, Anakin Skywalker was that though they may have the same face and the same body and they are all... They are all unique in some way or another. They all deserve to have some form of their own identity. Anakin Skywalker actually encouraged his men to take on their own names. He, Anakin, gave Alpha-17 his name to humanize him. So, to, um, so Alpha-17 took this lesson and gave it to his men. He, did, he wanted his brothers to also have and be able to uh, be human 
because that's what they are. He encouraged them to take on a name of their own and to have their own identity. So while under his training, it was here where Rex, Cody, Wolf, Thorn, and many other ARC troopers, clone captains, and clone commanders got their, got their names. Names that give them an identity personifies them. It's what makes, connects them to being human. They are no longer just a number to be thrown away. They are, um... They are people with thoughts and feelings and emotions. The Kaminoans only looked at them. The Kaminoans had tried their best to keep their clones as unhuman as possible, only looking at them like some sort of war machines rather than living, breathing people, which is why they gave them numbers and forced them to have such kind of bad living conditions. They weren't um, treated as people or like as a organism a sentient organism they were just treated as something that could be thrown away in the war and alpha 17 obi-wan kenobi and anakin skywalker did not like that okay as you can tell i'm incredibly passionate about this another thing i'm super passionate about is the fact that captain rex is clearly unnatural blonde you cannot convince me otherwise let me back this up with some proof Okay? One of my biggest points is that he has a buzz cut. Do you know it, to keep um to keep blonde um to keep blonde hair as blonde as we see Captain Rex and as short as we see his hair, he would need to bleach it every week to every two-ish weeks um to like buzz it and then bleach it again. Um if not more. Uh this effect the effect this would have on one's scalp is horrid. You would see, like, peeling and scaliness, his skin would be dry, and it just would not look good. Just bleaching long hair every month or so does an incredible toll, takes an incredible toll on your scalp. That is with the, like, stuff we have now, with the, like, shampoos and conditioners and oils, and we can shower every day. Um... It just takes such a toll on it. Not to mention the fact that he doesn't have any orange spots. As you know, as blonde as we see him, his um natural hair, just like the other clones, would be like a dark brown black color. And to get it to that version of blonde would take so much effort. Um, like even if it's just a little bit of hair, you know? It would um, also go orange in some places that he can't see unless he got someone like Cody or Fives or Echo or any of those people to bleach his hair for him, which I doubt he would. Another thing that we uh, we uh, see, or his scalp would also have serious damage keeping his hair as blonde as we see it. Another reason I think it's natural is it's more than likely a mutation in his genes. In the Boba Fett episode, we see a nat a blonde-haired cadet who looks just like a Medi-Rex, and I doubt the blonde-haired cadet would be able to get out there and get a bottle of bleach. Um, we also know about mutations or variable variations in the gene variations in genes can occur because on more than one occasion we see clones with red hair or clones with blue eyes or clones with brown hair instead of black hair so yeah mutations are possible um okay sorry rant over i just wanted you to know why i think he is blonde um okay now on to the clone wars captain rex participated in the battle of geonosis where he obviously survived after this battle, though, though is where it gets interesting, 
Captain Rex was assigned as a clone captain with pretty much full leadership of the 501st. Um, and the 501st was under freshly knighted Jedi General Anakin Skywalker. Now, you might be wondering to yourself, if Rex got the command training just like Cody did, just like Wolf did, Thorn, all of these people, why was he not a commander? Well, there's a reason for this. Um, according, um, which I asked my brother, who is more knowledgeable in Star Wars than I am, apparently Rex just didn't want to be a commander. He wanted to be out there on the front lines fighting. He was more, like, physical than, say, Cody was, who was more, like, technical, analytical, not afraid to fight, but still is better with the, like, plans. Um, that's my theory, at least. Um, and also the fact that, um, the general, that Anakin had a Padawan who was the commander of the 501st. Um, so he didn't want to, like, dethrone her or, like, or, like, something. But he still had, because he had that training, he had full command over the 501st. Anakin was like, go have fun, buddy, it's all yours, pretty much. Now, while eventually Anakin and Rex got super close, it wouldn't be until the Battle of Arnada, where during the battle, Rex violently led his men into battle. During this, though, Rex was injured and knocked out. Half his, fa half his um, helmet was blown off, and he was knocked out. Eventually, he woke up and saw that Anakin had not left him behind like most Jedi would have. It would be here during this moment where Anakin says it should have been him out there on the front lines and that he doesn't leave people behind. Rex gained so much respect for Anakin at that point and he would go on to fight under Anakin for the rest of the war. Because Anakin and Obi-Wan still worked closely together because they were master and padawan. Um, Rex and Co Cody worked a lot closely together and became really, really tight. Um, they are some of the few clones that we see besides the rest of the 501st to get that close. Um, we see them fighting in a number of things together. One of the first battles we see him fight in the TV show, because that took place in a book, I think, um, was in the Battle of Christophsis. Before even the movie takes place, an episode we see in the TV show, um, I can't remember which of them it was called, but I think it was called The Traitor. I'm like 90% sure it was called The Traitor. Um, in it, we see that there is apparently a traitor amongst either his or Cody's men. They spend quite a long time going um, on this long, long goose chase throughout, um, throughout the like barracks trying to figure out who done it, pretty much. Throughout this episode, we see Rex's cleverness, speed, and strength. We mostly see this when they are running after Slick and he finds the footprints. And together, with barely saying anything at all. Him and Cody just look at each other pretty much and come up with a plan on the fly to lure Slick out and capture him. To do this, they act like they don't know where he went. They don't realize where he is hiding and continue to speculate on where he may be. Cody puts his gun down and Rex runs out of the room. Slick comes down from the ceiling and puts the gun against Cody's head to which Rex appears behind him, gun pointed at him, and Cody shows him the magazine that he had taken out of his gun. They then get into a scuffle, and it is here we see Rex's real fighting powers, keeping up until he is knocked in the head, and Slick uses what is called a groin popper. This is where he grabs the leg. When you're like, um, he had his legs wrapped around him, so he grabbed the leg, pulled it to the side and just hear pop 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 and it's very painful and it's just your joints pumping in and out of socket um but while he was fighting cody snuck up on him and knocked him out during the same battle anakin and his brand new padawan ahsoka tunnel 
it, oh, wait, I forgot to tell you how that ends. So, um, they get the traitor, and they can't figure out why Slick would do that. Why he would turn away from the good side, the side that he was born and bred to fight in. And he, I don't remember his reasoning, but it was something like the dark side had more to offer. And that she was better suited. Something like that. So after this all takes place, um, we are introduced to Anakin Skywalker's amazing Padawan, Ahsoka Tano. A young Tortuga, Tortuga? I still don't freaking know. Um, who was sent by Yoda, who they originally thought was going to be Obi-Wan's Padawan, but then she was like, ha, nope, Anakin, you're my master. And, um... This is where Ahsoka and Rex meet, after Rex giggles at her calling him Sky Guy. Yep. Long story with a nickname that eventually sticks. Um, and Anakin tells Rex to show her around. Um, eventually, this young Totoga Jedi Padawan comes to see Rex. Rex comes to see her as a friend and as a sister. Soon after this, Rex, um, Rex and Ahsoka, f soon after Rex and Ahsoka first meet, Ahsoka talks about how, because she's a Jedi commander and Rex is only a clone captain, she outranks him. Um, but to this, Rex has this amazing comeback. It's, um, we get this famous line, in my book, experience outranks everything. Further in, um, and Ahsoka just realizes that she may outrank him um, just in ranking-wise, but he has the upper hand. He is the more experienced one. He is the one that most of the men would look to. Um, further into the battle we get, um, when they had put up the shields and it was just chaotic, Obi-Wan goes to, and I'm doing air quotes here, negotiate. Anakin and Ahsoka sneak past the energy shield. Um, while they're doing this, Rex and his men and Cody's men keep fighting vigilantly. Eventually, when Anakin, Ahsoka, and Rex, um, and then this whole big fight scene occurs, and they knock the generators down, and then they meet Ventress, and Ventress is a, um, character to be sure maybe i'll do a podcast on her she's she's great she's a such an interesting character right rabbit trails going down a really bad rabbit trail i can talk about ventures all day um they figure out they get told that jabba the hut his son has been stolen so they um get intel that he is on some planet so they go and find him. Um, so eventually when Anakin, Ahsoka, and Rex go to after Jabba's son, we truly see Rex's mental fortitude. When Ventress does the Jedi mind trick to try and get Rex to call Anakin, um, Rex has his enough wits about him to warn Anakin. Um, so Rex calls him, but he, um, but he says something that really tips him off and shows him that, uh, something's gone wrong, pretty much. Um, he does this by calling Anakin by his first name instead of General, because Rex doesn't really call him Anakin, we only really hear him go, General, what do you want me to do? Stuff like that. He's very, like, prim and proper, until in the late until later in the series. Um, so we see him during this, and then we see him and two or three others really hold out against the droid forces, against um, Ventress and such. Um, okay, yeah, we see him hold out against Ventress and such until the reinforcements arrive. Alrighty, the next battle I wanted to talk to you about is the Rishi Moon incident. 
So, during this episode, we really get to see Rex's compassion and his, um, let's see. Uh, creativity? Hmm. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. <laughs> during this episode, Rex and Cody go to check up on the Domino Squad. Fives, Echo, cut up heavy and droid bait now um we skipped the episode that they are introduced in because rex is not really relevant um relevant in it but we will talk more about the surviving domino squad later as the domino squad is a big part of the 501st and of rex's career and life um let's see we see them who are stationed at the rishi moon base before they arrive at the station, Rex and Cody first noticed that something was off in the way that one of the clones was talking to them. Um, but when they landed, a quote-unquote trooper, which was really a commander droid in clone armor, <coughs> directs, greets them, and behind them they hear a droid flare go off. Um, and without hesitation, Rex turns around, looks at the trooper, and shoots him in the middle of his head. Um, Cody was shook, to, to be honest. Like, shook, shook. Um, but Rex was like, chill, dude, and shows him that it was a droid. Then they made up with the survivors, Heavy, Fives, and Echo. This is where his infamous plan comes into action. Now, you might be asking yourself, what infamous plan? Um, well, okay, let's get into it. So, they need to get inside the base, because that's where all the guns and stuff are. But it is very heavily fortified by commander droids, which are notorious for being extremely hard to beat. Um... Um, okay. So, he comes up with this stupid, stupid plan. Um, his plan was to trick the droids into thinking he was a droid. Which somehow worked. So, he put his helmet onto a droid's head and... Um, so he, like, actually, start over. Sorry, I'm confusing myself here. So he, like, started walking in a very, like, droid fashion towards the scanner with his mates on either side. And then he gets up, asks to come in, and, um, the droid is like, show us your face plate. And he, of course, goes, roger, roger, and ducks down and puts his helmet onto or, like, he, uh, take, he, like, um, puts up a droid head, and they're, like, okay, convincing enough, so he quickly, um, so he goes to stand in front of the drawers, and when it opens, he says, Roger, Roger, they go, you're not a droid, and he goes, Roger, Roger, and shoots them all dead. Not that they're droids. They were gonna die eventually. Um, so, yeah, somehow that worked. Which, you gotta give it to him, that was creative thinking. So, they go in, and they prepare to defend the station. Um, while preparing, Heavy wants to take point. Um, and if you have watched your Clone Wars, you know that Heavy is a go-getter, a top-of-the-line type of dude. Um, but Rex is like, chill, rookie, I'm taking point. Um, so Rex takes point, and when they open the door, he guns down, he starts gunning them down. Gunning down the droids. And at one point, 
He shoots a gun out of a commander droid's head and hand, and it attacks him with a blade. Um, so he overpowers the droids. So they continue to fight, and they continue to fight, and this is where their plan comes into action. I don't remember if it was, like, a backup plan or, like, something they had planned from the beginning, but, um, they decide to blow up the station, because if they can't have it, no one can have it. Simple as that. So the fight gets, the fight continues, they get closer, and so they decide to blow up the station. Rex, Cody, Fives, and Echo all get out, but... Heavy. Heavy can't ever learn to, like, chill. So Heavy sacrifices himself for them and for their bravery and courage on during the battle. Um, Fives and Echo get promoted to ARC, trooper to get, arc Troopers together. Um, and together, Rex invites them into the 501st, which is where we get this amazing trio who... Should have had more time together, um, but unfortunately, that did not happen. I'm very upset because I love them together. Um, let's see. So I'm going to talk about the rest of the stuff, and then I'll go back and talk if I still have time to kill. I am going to talk about... Some of the arcs that I have left out and that I really want to talk to you about, like the Zygerian arc or the training arc or stuff like that. Some arcs that I really, really adore. Alright, so next up I'm going to talk about one of the worst, heart, one of the worst, more heartbreaking arcs in the entire show. The Umbara arc. Now, if you've seen the show, you know where this is going, and be prepared to cry. During this arc, the 501st are fighting against what they, th what, at the beginning, are Umbarans, but then aren't. They are under the command of, at first, Jedi Anakin Skywalker, but then he gets called off-world. So they are under the command of Jedi Master Pong Krell. During this battle, Krell makes several decisions that makes the troopers, <clears throat> mostly fives, <clears throat> mostly fives, Hardcase, and Jesse, really upset. He just seems to have no regard for the clones, you know? Um, he doesn't care about them. For, um, so like once Anakin leaves, he changes the plans to be a fully frontal assault on the capital. And Rex was like, huh? So Rex did point out the fact that the road was probably booby-trapped and that this would be a death sentence. And Krell was like, whatever. He just does not care. And what would you know as they are walking down the road? It's booby-trapped. And on top of that, they get ambushed. And during the fight, Rex orders a strategic retreat, one that would save the lives of many of his men. And they did eventually run the natives off, but Krell was outraged. Why was he outraged? He was outraged that Rex would even dare to break off and to retreat. One thing you notice during this is the fact that Krell only calls the clones by their clone numbers. Rex, um, so, like, when he's talking to Captain Rex, he doesn't call him Rex. He calls him CT-7567, which is rude, first of all. And second off, shows the disregard he has for them. He does not see them as sentient organism. He sees them like the droids, as fighting machines, similar to how the Kaminoans saw them. Um, they were just there to do his bidding and to fight. Um... So after that, Rex and Fives tell Krell off uh, after he's been telling them off about retreating. And they begin to protest, saying that, yeah, the mission is important, but so are my men's lives. 
Um, and Kral just ignores us. Of course he did. On Kenobi's command, though, they go to recapture an airbase. Kral basically sent them in a single file line through a gorge, even though the men said it was a death trap. They vehemently set oppose this idea because it would mean they were sitting ducks pretty much but unfortunately Rex convinces them to go and they faced heavy casual casualties Rex sends five and Hardcase to sneak onto the base and then blow up the heavy machinery that was raining down on them raining gunfire down on them they reclaim the airbase, and Kenobi tells Krell about a supply ship and how the 212th are being driven back. After that, after the call, Krell tells Rex the plan. They plan to just waltz up to the capital and reclaim it. Rex asks if he should call Kenobi back and, you know, tell him the plan. And Krell was like, eh, no, not really. They'll figure it out eventually. Fives later talks to Rex and tells him he broke the code to the airships and can fly the starships. So, um, the starship's left in the base, and he proposes that they can use it to blow up the supply ship to stop them from accessing the missiles. Krell says, oh heck no! But Fives being fives and hard case being hard case and Jesse being well Jesse they decide it's okay to disobey this order and to go blow up the ships themselves and of course Rex knew I think um so they go and you know they figure out a way to blow up the ship um and this gets Rex and Fives and Hardcase and Jesse into a lot of trouble. But they go and they blow it up, and Hardcase sacrifices himself. He lets himself be blown up for the mission. For Fives, he gets him back into the air. And then he dies. Um, so once Fives gets back, um, Fives and Jesse are sentenced to a court martial. Because of course they are. And Dogma, who is one of the 501st, who is a real stickler for the rules, hence his name, Dogma, um, was just basically like, yeah, I don't know what y'all expected. Um, and since they are, um, and after they are sentenced to a court martial, Krell was like, you know what, you deserve worse. Death death to all of y'all. Um, led by Dogma, they are led to their execution. After an impassioned plea by um, Fives, none of their brothers can bring themselves to kill them. Before Krell can kill them themselves, they get a call saying the 212th needs help. Um, so Krell looks at his men and he tells them, that the Umbarans are wearing 212th armor. Unbeknownst to the clones, the 212th think that the Umbarans are wearing 501st armor. And so Krell just basically sent the clones to fight themselves. He knew what he was doing. And um, so they go and they fight. And so many clones are killed and a lot of clones are killed and it wasn't until Rex ended up shooting one and seeing that there was skin underneath like human skin that he decides to you know look and under that he finds one of his brothers um, and that's when he realized that they have been pitted against each other um so Rex takes one of the helmet of the dead off and see it was his brother and he finds um 
think it was Boyle. I can't remember. I think it was Boyle. Um, he finds Boyle, and Boyle explains what's going on, and dies. Which, mm, poor thing. And Rex goes around, he takes his helmet off, and he just runs to the battlefield saying, Stop, stop! This is, this is, we, we're fighting each other. And that's when they realize what Krell had done. So, he goes back, and he goes to put Krell under arrest for treason. Somehow, Krell escapes and is killed in the forest. At some point, Krell calls, um, calls Rex once again, CT-7567, and Rex gets into his face and says, It's Captain, sir. And this is the beginning of a beautiful thing where Rex just does not take crap from anybody. <coughs> And it's delicious. <coughs> Alright. Um. For this next one, I'm going to be talking about Season 7 and... Oh boy, the Ahsoka arc. As I mentioned before, Ahsoka and Rex were extremely close. So, when Ahsoka was accused of treason, Rex could hardly believe it. If anyone knew Ahsoka, it was Rex. And he knew she'd never do anything like that. After she escaped from prison, Rex and Anakin were forced to hunt her down. But eventually, they just let her go. Rex was absolutely devastated by her supposed betrayal. It was also around this time, during a battle, Clone Trooper Tups, his biochip goes haywire, somehow activating Order 66 to early, too early, causing him to kill a Jedi. Convinced Tup couldn't control himself, and there was something wrong, Five set off on a mission to figure out what happened. It was during this mission he learned about biochips that about the biochips and how they were used to control the clones. Horrified, Fives takes his chip out and goes off to find Rex and to tell him. But and Fives tells him, and thinking back to the episode, it's been a while. I don't think Rex fully believed him at first. You could just tell in his face he thought Fives was crazy, like there was something wrong with him. And he wanted to do everything in his power to help him. Um, uh, and before long, while he was rambling, an assassin who was sent to find him shoots Fives in the chest. Devastated, Rex runs over to him and holds him as he said his last words. This is the end. Forget the mission. Oh, the nightmare. I'm free. Oh, still one of the most haunting last words we've seen Pretty much in all of Star Wars. Like, God. That just hits you right in the feels. And Fives and Rex had gotten extremely close during this time. Fives and Jesse were pretty much his right-hand men. The one he could turn to for anything. And after he says this, Rex is right next to him, holding him, as he finally dies. This destroys Rex. Rex, who has lost so many brothers, and now he's just lost one of the few he was extremely close with. But one good thing is that it strengthens his resolve to keep fighting for those who didn't make it. To keep fighting for Fives, Echo, Tub. To keep fighting for all those he had lost. It gave him a purpose and meaning, honestly. Something a lot of clones didn't get. Um, okay. Well, I near tears now. Um, let's keep talking. Okay. So, I still have a ton of time left, and I've got to fill this time. Let me fill it with other arcs and different things I think about... Captain Rex, before I get on to season 7 and beyond. One of the episodes, or one of the, two of the arcs, you could say, that I want to talk about is 
Sorry. So no. Um. One of the things that I wanted to talk about was the Zygerian arc. So during this arc, all of the Tortuga, um, Tortugas, whatever they're called, I'm gonna call them T's because I need to look up how to pronounce it, and I'm not doing that right now. All of them have been kidnapped, or a lot of them had been kidnapped off of their home world. Now these are Ahsoka's people, and Ahsoka was about sixteen at the time. Um, she was fairly young to be dealing with something like this. It was her, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Rex. And, um, was it Obi-Wan? Hold on. Okay, yeah, it was Obi-Wan. Um, so they go to Zygeria to try to find the missing people of Cryos, which is the T's. Um, so they go undergo this, and it is. We just see Rex come out of his shell. Um, we see Anakin facing slavery again, though this time on the opposite side. We see, um, because they have to go undercover, um, let me remember, Ahsoka is a slave, and the rest of them are, like, slave traders or stuff like that. And during this arc, we just see them pulling together, and it's at the very end. That's my absolute favorite part. We see um, them all fighting, and uh, he... Obi-Wan has the, like, guy, the, like, slave trader by the throat, or, like, he has, like, his lightsaber pointed at him, and he goes, you're a Jedi, you won't kill me, and then it pans over, or no, and then we see, uh, a, like, lightning spear, I don't know what they're called, get thrown and, like, impale him, and then can pans over to Rex, and we just see him, like, standing up straight and just going, I am no Jedi. And it's just like, oh boy. It's just, like, powerful. Like, you know, what you would expect of Captain Rex. <laughs> but during this arc, we just see, like, he lives by the mantra of no man left behind. Um, going back after Obi-Wan. And, like, after, like, and, like, making sure all of the people are safe. And, like, Ahsoka's safe. Anakin save um yeah we just see him like really take charge uh when the Jedi aren't around um so yeah go watch that arc 10 out of 10 great arc great writing great stories and yeah um yeah Another arc I wanted to talk about was the training arc. I don't remember what planet they were training on, but I do remember that they were doing some training. Um, okay, another thing I wanted to talk about was the training arc, which we see um, Ahsoka and Rex going to this planet and training a bunch of the people there to fight back. You know, we uh, really see Rex step up here as he is not only the demonstrator, but he teaches a lot of them how to fight. Um, Rex's command skills are highly undervalued, and they definitely need to be talked about a lot more. It's really prevalent in this ep episode, where we see him just, like, running drills and, like, explaining how to do things and, like, showing off, because, like, yeah, he gets to show off in this episode. And it's just perfection. When he backflips, like, on the, like, uh, gun of a tank, and he just backflips onto it, and then backflips off, it's just, like, show off, man. You deserve it. You, you, you do that, man. It's just really great to see him having a bit of fun, honestly. Um, a lot of things that I love about Captain Rex are just how well written he is. Like... 
in the newer movies, for, like, Star Wars, a lot of the characters are dry. Like, they have no flavor to them, you know? They're all stereotypical, um, you know, heroines or, like, heroes, and they have no, uh... Um, and we just see this commanding, commanding side to him. And it's just really, really great to see. Because we don't get to see it that often. Um, and he's just, we don't get to see enough of him. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is... Um, the fact that he is so, like, uh, what's the word? Uncre- like, he doesn't get enough credit for what he does for not only the 501st, but for, like, Combs as a whole. He just paves the way for a lot of the stuff that goes down. Um, we just see him go crazy. And it's mostly due to the fact that Anakin Skywalker is just amazing, you know? He, uh, let's see, he encourages the men to, like, be daring, be out there, um, to do crazy stuff, like, come up with crazy plans, do crazy stuff, and he actively encourages that, which is... And we also see him, like, treating the clones like they are humans, which is something we do not see in a lot of, um, Star Wars. And a lot of Star Wars, all we see is, um, them being awful to the clones, treating them like they're nothing, and it's just not cool. <laughs> um, we see, uh, like, Pong Krell, for example. Like, I know I've already talked about him, but, like, a lot of the stuff he did is just dehumanizing. It's not the Jedi way. The Jedi way is to protect all living, breathing things, to bring peace to the Force, to be the good guys. Um, and we don't see that in a lot of what the Jedis do. They treat their men like they're nothing, like they're just meant to be thrown away. But we don't see that with Anakin, or with Ahsoka, or Obi-Wan, who come to see the men that are under them as their, as the things they, they are supposed to protect. And they go out of their ways to protect them. Like, we see it when, um, Rex was injured that one time, and Anakin immediately takes responsibility. He's like, that's my fault, I should have been here, none of this would have happened if I was here. A leader is supposed to lead from the front lines, which is something that a lot of people could learn. Um, a lot of the Jedi generals, and a lot of the Jedi generals are on the front lines, but still, like, if push comes to shove, they are leaving their men behind. Um, like, when uh, they were curious about Tup, Anakin went, I'm pretty sure Anakin went along with it. Anakin just, and Ahsoka too, because she was his Padawan, he just knows what it's like to be dehumanized. He knows what it's like to be seen as nothing more than the sand under someone's feet, and he's determined not to treat his men like that, which is why we see him and Rex get so close. Um, it's because the amount of trust Rex has in him and the amount of trust Anakin has on him, they would literally do anything for each other, even risk getting in trouble, um, which is something I will talk about later. But yeah, we don't see that kind of respect under most Jedi generals. And like we see it in the way that um, Ahsoka and Anakin and Rex all talk to each other. It's kind of informal. It's kind of like bantery. And we see that in the way that Ahsoka talks to the other clones. Like, she just feels comfortable around them. She sees them as more than just a number. As brothers. And, like, Anakin, she would do anything for them. Um, which, 
again, it's not something we see that often. Okay. Um, so I want to go ahead and, uh, let's see, what's another arc I could talk about that involves Mr. Rexy here? Um, let's see. Okay. I am going to talk about the arc, which quote-unquote killed Echo. I don't remember which part of the arc it was. I remember it was really bad prison, and they had to be cryo-frozen and snuck into it. Um, but we don't get to see his reaction that much during it. But you just know that way down deep inside, it killed him. He had to leave one of his best men behind behind for the scavengers they couldn't even give him a proper burial which granted they couldn't give a lot of their brothers a proper burial but this one was different he had seen this one grow up he had awarded him arc trooper he had taken him under the wings and now he knew fives was left with no one from his squad echo hard case cut up enjoyed bait all dead it was just fives and it really took a toll on Fives, and not only Fives, but Rex as well. How could you come back from something like that? From seeing someone you were so close to just be disintegrated within an instant. It was really, really hard for him, and you can tell. Um, but, yeah, that poor, poor thing just deserves... Rex, in general, deserves such a break. Okay. So, I want to now talk about Season 7. Now, I love Season 7. Don't get me wrong. It's so good. It was so amazing to see the characters that I grew up with growing up. Um, and I'm going to lump Season 7 in with the Bad Batch and the Rebels here together. And I'm going to talk about them and like pick and choose what I want to talk about. During Season 7, we see Rex, Anakin, and Cody pair up with the special group called the Bad Badge. It's at this point where we really see Rex's care. Um, the first way we see that is the fact that he bluffs and watches over Anakin while he talks to Padme. Not only that, he lets Anakin use his uh, helmet as like a video camera type dealio to talk to her. Um, we also see it, and where, <laughs> when we see it, where he stands up to Wrecker. He, like, straight up squares up with him. And, um, it's really funny, because <laughs> Wrecker is nearly two times his size. Like, this giant of a man. And then we just see Rex, who is a standard-sized clone at six foot, just straight up square up to him. Um, which, after Pong Krell, is not so surprising, Rex took what he learned against Prong Krell and ran with it. He decided he wasn't let, letting anybody push him around anymore, especially not when it came to the lives of his men. Um, we also see him really start to stand up for himself. Um, we see that in the way that he's determined to, to find Echo. He, like, nothing is changing his mind on that, which is why we see him standing up to Wrecker. Um... And we see him fighting tooth and nail to get to Echo to once again have at least some of his men back. He had already lost so many. He can have this one part back. It would just mean the world to him. Um, and later in the season, we see him finally reunited with Ahsoka. And during this, they fight on Mandalore together. After the Battle of Mandalore, the Order is released. Jesse and the rest of the 504s unfortunately, and unfortunately, Rex turn against Ahsoka. But before it can fully take him, he tells Ahsoka to find fives. And I don't remember how she does, but she eventually figures out what he was talking about. The chips. He fights, she fights Rex, and um, you can tell that he's fighting it. He's fighting the instinct, fighting the command so hard. And he gets the ship out and together they crash the ship killing everybody on board 
Ahsoka and Rex then part ways and go into hiding. And it was during during the Bad Batch, we don't get much info on what Rex is doing, but we do know for sure he was part of the Rebellion. During Rebels, we see that him, Gregor, and Ru- Wolf have stayed together. We see Rex taking Ezra on to teach him fighting. We see him and Conan fight over the distrust distrust of the clones. We see Rex happily find a new part of his ever-growing family. We see that he doesn't lose his spark. In fact, he seems happier now that he's not being forced to fight, you know? He needs to fight on his own free will for a cause that he wants to fight for. And it does wonders for him. He's happier, jollier. He's amazing, honestly. Um, we see him really take Ezra under his wing. I think it would... Ezra reminds him of a little Ahsoka, a spitfire who doesn't take orders from nobody, who has a passion for learning and a passion for doing good. Um, we see him doing a lot. Um... It's actually through Rex that the Bad Batch knows about the chips, and Rex helps them to remove their chips. Without that, he, they would have never figured out the chips on and why they were going crazy. Um, we especially see it in Crosshair, who doesn't take his chip out. Um, but yeah, we see Rex in hiding, doing like little things here and there during the Bad Batch seasons. And we just see he's doing okay. Um, he's not doing great, obviously. He's lost so many things. But we see that he's doing better than he was. Um, and it's because of that that everything works out in the end. That nothing that... Imp- also, there's a theory that you see this old guy with like a beard and stuff... Uh, during the Battle of Endor, and it's supposed that that might be Rex. I kind of like that theory. Now, I'm pretty sure it's been debunked, but, you know, let us believe what we want. It's not that bad. Um, but yeah, Rex is an amazing, wonderful human being who deserves all the love and all the respect and a break. The man needs a break. Um... And D. Bradley Baker does D. Bradley Baker does an amazing, phenomenal job to voicing all the clones. Um, there was literally no better choice to pick than D. Bradley Break D. Bradley D. Bradley Baker. God, his name is so hard to say. He was such a good choice. Ten out of ten, amazing. He really brings to life the clones, like he like. Sure, they sound the same, but they also sound different. Like, some of the clones have, like, different speaking styles. And, like, weirdly, one of them has a Canadian... I'm pretty sure it was a Canadian accent. Kind of weird, but you know what? I like it. And, like, he does a great job of, like, just making the clones individuals. Which is something we don't get to see a lot. Um... And all things considered, now that you've heard my long ramblings, I think this is a good place to do our quote of the days. So I have a couple of quotes here. They are some of my favorite quotes. Difficulty to see and difficulty difficult to see always in motion is difficult. Diff- Difficult to see, always in motion, is the future. Yoda, the Empire Strikes Back. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. And hate leads to suffering. Yoda, the Phantom Menace. You can't stop change any more than you can stop the suns from setting. Jimmy Skywalker. From the Phantom Menace, I believe. Um, but yeah... Thank you for joining me on this episode of Jedi Clones and Everything, where we talked about my amazing, wonderful gem of a fictional husbando, Captain Rex, CT7567, the blonde-headed wonder himself, the man who would do 
anything to make sure those he loved are safe. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you next time. This has been your host, Caroline Morgan. Out.